Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you receive personal cover art, Q&A with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you get all of this for just 15 bucks a month. This is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, you go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this podcast to find out more. That's bwhustle.com join. Blue Lion. The Detroit Pistons select Sekou Dubuya. The boy gets run off the line. Down the lane. My goodness. Look at that. Pistons come right back at him with a bruise. Oh, oh, oh. This is to Luke for the long gun. It goes. Hey, guys. I did a quick little post-game podcast with the Lightyear's podcast crew of Sam and Andy. Big thanks to those guys for having me on. Talked a little bit about the game. Talked a little bit about the NBA draft. Talked a little bit about the, the sorry state of both of our teams. Uh, you know, doing this in lieu of a regular pod this week. Uh, had a good time. Uh, big thanks to those guys for having me on. Check it out. Two and two road trip, Andy Lou. Uh, I like the title. Felt like the title tonight, the NBA Finals <laughs> in, in um, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, man, this is a weird season to start with. I mean, everything's strange. Let's, I'm still not used to watching games in these empty arenas. I don't know how you feel about it. It just sometimes feels lifeless. I thought of this mid-game. The Warriors are the only team that is shooting bad despite there no being fans. You would think, you would think that because there are no fans, it's easier to shoot a basketball. But I'm watching Kelly Oubre out there, and he's making it look like the hardest thing on the fucking on planet <laughs> Earth. So, Dude, you know, poor Oubre. Like, what a terrible start. But uh, feel bad for him. we have a special guest today. We got uh, editor, editor-in-chief of Bad Boys, um, or sorry, of Detroit Bad Boys and host of Pistons vs. Pod, Laz Jackson. Laz, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I got to say, like, every Pistons fan immediately knew as soon as Oubre pulled on that first three, it was going down. We all knew. <laughs> it was um, – I got to get your thoughts first. So, like, you don't watch every Warriors game because you're not a masochist. Um, well, I guess I guess you watch Pistons. And you watch the Pistons. So, so, well, I mean, what so he little bit. Yeah, yeah. So when he takes the pain. Like, let's not lie. <laughs> but um, what are your thoughts, I guess? Uh, so, I don't know how many Warriors games you watched. I mean, I, I assume you saw them on Christmas, and that was embarrassing. But now you've watched a full game of them against the Pistons. Where are you at with the Warriors overall right now? Who is Juan Toscano Anderson, and why is he playing 24 minutes a night? He's from East Oakland. The Warriors fans love Bay, him. Very a legend. Yeah, so they love him. He's on a two-way contract. He is on a two-way contract. And the Warriors, because he has a smart IQ and can't shoot, love him. 
Uh, Jeremy Grant's eyes lit up every single time he saw that dude. I think Jeremy Grant's <laughs> eyes lit up all game every since he got paid. No, no, ever ever since Blake when since Blake didn't play the second half, he's like, okay, now it's my time to shine, and he actually shone. <laughs> he did not play too bad. I mean, he he uh, oh, he had 27 points, finished with that. I mean, he kind of looked exactly like the player he looked like in the bubble, to be honest, which is a pretty good player. But yeah. uh, the the I, other thing I noticed about the Warriors, you guys went what 11 deep, like. Jesus, just like a lot of dudes, I am not very familiar with, and I consider myself like pretty like knowledgeable about the NBA at large. It's just like oh, I've never heard of some of these dudes. Like, why is Brad Wanamaker here? Who's Michael Mulder, and why did he play eleven minutes? <laughs> like, I mean, these are fair questions because these I are the same questions. So much, yes. These are the same questions Andy and I kind of uh, bring up. But like when you're doing a Warrior podcast three days a week and. Uh, everyone who listens to it's a diehard. They sometimes lose sight of the um, what's the expression of the forest and the trees, yeah. where they don't understand that like actually it's strange that you're playing eleven players and six of them are unknown to NBA fans outside of your little bubble. So. Yeah, but like, hey, you guys ended up winning because Steph had thirty-one five and five, and he's still Steph. I'm a, like every time. Uh, and, you know, we lost to Andrew Wiggins' step-backs in the fourth quarter, which is just an atrocious way to lose a basketball game. <laughs> I think the most – you would rather probably lose to Steph having, like, 45 oh, than for watching sure. whatever just happened in that I fourth mean, quarter. We lost last night because Trey shot 15 free throws, and it's like, okay, sure, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Like, if Steph goes for 45, like, at least we make, like, the fun, like, YouTube clips out of it. Now it's just like no, it's just sad, man. Like we're the we're one of the fifteen good games Andrew Wiggins has per year. Hey, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking the culture is going to get it up to twenty two this year, twenty two hey. maybe twenty three good games this year. That's almost one per million that he makes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we're aiming for here. He hit his um, quota tonight for the month, so don't. Yeah, you know. He did. The offense works when your wing is able to hit step back threes repeatedly. What an offense. Uh, <laughs> What, okay, so you're not too familiar with most of these Warriors players, so I want to ask you, um, other than that, like, what, James Wiseman, give me your thoughts here on him. So, Wiseman looked kind of like what I expected him to, the like the highlight play with the block on Plumlee and the coast-to-coast, that was really nice, that made uh, that made the wife who was just like sitting on the couch with me watching the game being like, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> she, was like, oh, she was like, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, but on the other hand, he fouled out in what, like twenty-ish minutes, and went yeah. and went like o of two from three. And it's like he kind of just is what he is. I mean, and it's hard for me to it's hard for me to sit here and like uh, say like he didn't play that well when like my own rookie like also like didn't make a single basket and Killian Hayes. Like Killian yeah. Hayes looks like a uh, a long-term project at this point. He looks good as long as he's not shooting which is, like, a great place for a 19-year-old point guard to be, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Wiseman looks good. Um, I like they seem to be – they like they use him the way you imagine they'd use him for stretches. But, like, right. the rest of the stuff, he's just, like, a step slow. Like, there's no way, like, when they're running, like, flex cuts and stuff, he has any idea what's going on. And that's fine. Like, that'll come. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He looked like he was not a step slow on defense. He looked like he was three steps slow. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, part of it felt like to me was 
uh, he was definitely told by Kerr and Draymond like what to do, and he was obviously trying to implement it in real time. And he was either letting guys by because he had too many fouls, or he was like fouling guys too late. You know, classic stuff. But uh, but all it takes really is like one play to get me to thinking that he's the next Giannis or Anthony Davis. So that, that's really all it takes. And we got that tonight. Probably the I think probably the best play of the season by him um, in Game Four. So he looked like someone that hasn't played basketball since like. Sixth grade, honestly. Yeah. He. Oh, well, wait, hold up. I'm looking at the box score. He was plus 23 right. in a game right. they won by 10. Like, I wouldn't have believed that if you just told it to me off the rip. So, like, yeah, he was, he was pretty good tonight from what I can see, despite fouling out. In yeah, part, part, part of that, too, is Kevon Looney is very bad at basketball. That's fair. <laughs> just three to five hip surgeries too many. My man's uh, looking a little slow right now. Uh uh, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, and Looney looks like, you know, me and all my friends in terms of just moving. Everything hurts at all times. So I get it. Kind of unfortunate because he's 24. Yeah. What's <laughs> up with Pascal? Wasn't he – he was, like, second-team all-rookie last year, only played 13 minutes. Like, he's not any small ball center type lineups. Like, what's up with that? Actually, yeah. Okay. I'll, t- I'll take it. I, th- I think Pascal's interesting here because he's – at this point, I think he's just redundant. Like, what does Pascal do that Ubre Wiggins don't do? And I don't think he's better than either of them. Like, we, you know, it's funny to joke about Wiggins um, not being particularly good, but everything about Wiggins is in context of being a former number one pick and making, you know, the same amount of money as like Steph Curry. Uh, it's not like in context of him versus like NBA players. Um, I just think he's having a hard time with, like, they don't space the the floor well. He can't shoot. I don't think he's particularly high IQ. Like, he's not making multiple reads here, and it's just kind of like a redundancy thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought he had a fine game tonight, though. I thought, like, might have been one of his better games of the season. Like, they kind of just – look, he's – if you set the expectations that he's never going to make the pass to the corner to the open guy and he's just going to go to the (laughs) rim and try to finish, which he did tonight. He finished it a few times tonight. Transition, drew some fouls, right? If those are your expectations, which those are for mine, like, I'm okay with that. The problem is, like, Laz, you can tell, you can let us know where you think the Detroit Pistons, you know, kind of rank in the NBA. I think they were playing, like the Bulls the other night, like a bottom five team in the NBA, right? And, and that's kind of what it takes for, the, for, for, for Eric Pascal to look good. Yeah, I, the Pistons are definitely a bottom five team in the NBA. Firmly uh, in the Cade sweepstakes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Memphis getting added to the Cade sweepstakes is no bueno. Now we've got, like – four more teams in the Cade sweepstakes. That's too many. Uh, I need those lottery odds in my favor. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I thought, I, especially I liked uh, the couple of plays where Pascal managed to to big boy Sekou Dumbuya, like, out of the way for, for layups. Like, it was like, oh, like, hey, like, that guy, that guy does stuff. And I'm surprised with the, with the, with the names of dudes I've never heard of playing as many minutes as there are. I'm su- just surprised a guy who I know, like, does stuff, isn't seeing more time. Yeah, and I, I guess I, I don't think I made my point clear enough here, but, like, um, so Camp Bazemore's out of the rotation, which, like, I mean, can say what you want, but I'm pretty sure you've heard his name. So he, yeah. he strikes the, uh, you know, an, an, a rotation NBA player. Um, and he's out of the rotation, in my opinion, because he's just redundant with what they have. I think 
the the Warriors, like beyond the talent issue with Clay going down, they're just short on shooting. And I think at least this game they started figuring out, all right, Damian Lee might not, you know, be a world beater, but at least he can hit open shots, which is now they're just starting to downsize their lineups, which means more Oubre at four, some Wiggins at four. And all of that points – like, there's only so many power forward minutes to be had. Uh, and Pascal, you know, is another player gets in that rotation. So tonight he played more small ball five. But they're they're just running into this issue where, like, they have to find ways to put shooting on the floor in some capacity or another because the roster construction, like, if you play your five best players, which at this point would be Steph, Oubre, Wiggins, Pascal, and, I don't know, maybe Wiseman, um, it's there's just not like you can't no matter how good a shooter Steph is you can't get away with that little shooting and protect or expect it to be productive unless like the guys who are not shooting are literally like LeBron James and Zion Williamson bullying their way to the rim no okay yeah I, I get you I get you the NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73%, that's a lot, of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Getting back into this game, we got a uh, – Blake went down there for a little bit. Uh, are you concerned about that, or where are you with that? I'm, I was more concerned about how he looked before he went down. Yeah. Right? Like he, he <laughs> what can't, was that? What was he doing? He can't elevate anymore. Uh, and even, even like two years ago when he was still like hitting all the pull-up threes and playing at a high level – like, he could still kind of get up. And now it looks like he doesn't even want to attack the rim anymore. Like, he's attacking to pass or he's attacking to get fouled. We saw him, like, you know, turn over his shoulder in the post and, like, hunt fouls on Wiseman, like, half the time. 
and like that is going to work sometimes, but if he just doesn't have the lift to finish around the rim, it turns him into like a really one-dimensional player on offense. And I don't know if you guys noticed, he doesn't play any defense at all anymore. Shocking. So, Would you? <laughs> if you were Blake Griffin. That's fair. But like the, right. I'm just thinking about like like there was like a, a play where like it swung to Ubre in the corner, and like Ubre is not gonna pull from from three in the corner, and Blake just like doesn't even bother closing out, doesn't even bother like uh, protecting the rim either, and he just goes like right past him for like a foul on Plumlee, and it's like like just get in his way, <laughs> like I'm not expecting you to like shut him down, but like prevent him from getting to the rim at all, like that would be helpful and useful. Yeah. And so and so yeah. The other thing is like you saw Jeremy Grant played a lot better without Blake Griffin. Right. And so that like that and that is something that's to be expected because he's playing out of position with Blake on the floor. And at at this point it's like same same concept as the Warriors issue yeah. with like Pascal and Ubre and all that. Well, and we have, you know, we've we have a comparable amount of shooting around those guys too, right? Like Grant, Just not not a lot. <laughs> yeah, Grant is like the third best shooter on the team, or something like that. And so, like, yeah, it's just it's it's tough for Blake um, to like be where he wants to be, like physically. It's tough for uh, Grant to be where he wants to be, like positionally, and that makes it tough for the Pistons. And that's how you end up shooting thirty eight percent from the floor and losing. Yeah, thirty eight percent from four and thirty seven percent from three. This is I want to ask I want to ask about this because Sam and I are going back and not back and forth. We agree that the Warriors just don't spend enough time getting shooting on the roster. And um, the first half I'm watching. Well, first off, Jeremy Grant chucks nine threes this game, which I, is just hilarious. I mean, just my God. I mean, the guy the guy gets paid that much. I guess he could do whatever he wants. Uh, Josh Jackson zero for five from three. Killian Hayes, not yes, really a shooter. Yeah. We get it. But Svee, Sadiq Bey, Del- Delon Wright, like those guys, I mean, Svee and Sadiq Bey, at least specifically, are shooters. Like what's kind of the Pistons, What what is their mindset towards shooting? Is that something that they're trying to build around Jeremy Grant? Like what is their mindset there? Are they just saying, like, let's just let's just do anything, sign Tony Biggs? I think it's more like, it's more like let's worry about, like, getting dudes who uh, play hard and defend their position. And, like, if they can shoot, it's, like, a nice bonus. But, like, it's definitely not what we're looking for, right? The other thing is, like, Svi was in, like, a hellacious, uh, like, slump to start the season. He was, like, 2 of 18 to start the year. And he's, like, a career 40% guy. Nice. So that's why he was he was out of the rotation in the first half. Ubre Svi, yeah, we get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, like, it's like, yeah, when, when the one guy you thought would shoot 40% from volume from three, like, isn't making any shots, it's like yeah, the the offense is kind of kind of gonna get clogged, and so yeah. But then the shooting is definitely like not a priority. Like defense and effort and like slight shot creation upside is definitely a focus, as seen by the Jeremy Grant and Josh uh, Jackson acquisitions. I, so one thing I can't tell with the Pistons is are they trying to kind of be one of those teams who's just searching to be relevant? Or are they in a longer term, like, we don't care if we win. We, we, we want Cade Cunningham. We want, we're, we're trying to, you know, for lack of a better term, like, hinky process it up. Yeah. They don't want to they, – they want to uh, – like, they want their rookies to play well. Right. And they want, like, to not lose, like, 14 straight games to start the year, which is, like, staring us in the face right now because that was probably the easiest stretch of games that the Pistons have all season. 
Um, but like they have also said, like we are, uh, we're rebuilding, we're restoring. They they know that like this team is not very good, uh, and so like, I don't. I think it was like it's confusing to a lot of people because they went out and spent all this money on Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, right? Like right. that <laughs> doesn't exactly scream like, hey, like let's lose sixty games or whatever. But um, like Troy Weaver just really likes Jeremy Grant, likes what he offers as far back as like his OKC Thunder days, his Syracuse days. Um, and like Mason Plumley is just like a decent like starting level center that they liked. And so it was like the, uh, Steve, that's Kerr, what, Steve Kerr would love Mason Plumley. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Coaches, coaches dream Mason Plumley. Um, and so it was like, yeah, they just, uh, they just like wanted those guys uh, in the locker room instead of guys like Luke Kennard and Christian Wood. Um, is Luke Kennard and Christian Wood like better players that would help them win more games right now? Like probably. Not really the goal. The goal is to get dudes in that they like. Get Cade Cunningham. Again, get the goal. Cunningham. The goal is to have Jalen Suggs and Killian Hayes be the backcourt for the future, which would be pretty sweet. Hey, I like Jonathan Kaminga, right? Just like put a whole bunch of six. You need another big. Yeah, you need you need more bigs. <laughs> more wings. Yeah, exactly. More, more, more wings. Yeah. I was thinking Mobley. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Mobley. Mobley seems good. Mobley seems like uh, the uh, like like. Mini Anthony Davis, like not like, oh. not as good as Anthony Davis. You saw him tonight. You saw Mini AD tonight. Yeah. No, no, supersized AD is why. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so you're so Laz, you are in pure draft mode right now. So you've been like us in the past 16 months. You are just you're on top of the guys already, right? So why don't we pivot to that for a few minutes before we get you out of here? Is who, who's your favorite guys? Because with the Warriors, we asked because we have the uh, the Warriors have the Minnesota pick, right? Mm-hmm. So probably not going to be and, and maybe their own pick. Who knows where this is going? Who knows? You know, if Kirk and Kent decide to trade everyone, you know, maybe they're in the top five too. So who are your guys so far that have, that have impressed you? So Cade, obviously, like Cade's blatantly good. The last, the last guy who I remember like looking at in the draft who was like that blatantly good was was Luca, and Cade's worse than Luca. But it's like it's comparable, like it's in the it's in the same like ballpark. Um, I like Mobley. We just talked about him being like a little mini AD, like wor- definitely worse than AD, but like a little mini AD. Sure. Um, I, I I need to see Jonathan Kuminga. They're hiding Jonathan Kuminga from me, but like everything I saw from him in high school. Oh, you don't, you don't know how how frustrating it is because the, these guys are playing in the Bay Area and no one can get access to him here, so it's like. Literally, like, the one time – because, like, this isn't exactly a college hoops hotbed right? in the Bay Area. It's, like, the one time it would be cool to have access to watching this is just, no, not even possible. And and now they're going to be down in, what, like, Florida for uh, – Yeah, in Orlando. They're going to do the bubble in Orlando, perhaps. It's, like, no matter what, you just never get to see these guys in person. That sucks. Um, so yeah, those three guys, and then uh, a guy I like kind of like a little bit later in the in the uh, in the lottery, still like top ten, Scotty Barnes, the kid from Florida State. But that, I mean, that's definitely like a Troy Weaver pick because that dude can do everything but shoot. So just more more. Dudes that sounds, that sounds like a shoot. Warriors pick right there. I mean, <laughs> just just ten, ten, and ten with twenty two percent from three. That's that's our wheelhouse right now. Like and you've been on that right? Like you've yeah. been you've been just consistently uh, frustrated with how like their inability to get like any contributions out of these dudes with these like back half of the first like first half of the second round picks. 
I, I just feel like, um, and I'm going to probably repeat myself over and over again over the course of the year. Tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks set a record for 28 threes. The Milwaukee Bucks are 28 threes made, of course. Um, they're going to have a top three record in the NBA, and there's just a very consistent theme that three-point shooting, like, kind of defines who wins and loses. Like, I think people tend to miss the point that, like, yes, three-point shooting isn't everything, but there's a baseline amount of shooting you have to have to be in the conversation. And the Warriors, in on some level, felt like, because they had Steph, Clay, and KD, never had to focus on it and started convincing themselves that they won because of their system and, like, all these high IQ players they put around him. And don't get me wrong, like, Andre Godala helps you win games. Sean Livingston helps you win games. All that stuff helps. None of that stuff matters if you're replacing Clay Thompson with Kelly Oubre, if you're replacing these guys with guys who just are inconsistent from the outside. Because even as you watch tonight, um, this game was won because Andrew Wiggins got hot from three. He played a he played a good game, but end of the day he hit outside shots. If this is a more run of the mill Wiggins game where he can't hit those outside shots, none of it matters. So you can say, you know, well he played better defense, well he slashed all this stuff. Like if you're not hitting enough outside shots, none of that other stuff matters, really. Unless yeah, well, you're unless you're Zion Williamson or something like that, which right. like is a once in a you know. Well, it's like it's you're either doing that or you're attacking the rim, shooting like 60% of the rim and like drawing a bunch of fouls, right? Like you have to be able to either score from outside or in the paint in order to be able to uh, to have an effective offense. Right, and, doing the Lakers thing where it's like, well, yes, if you have LeBron and AD who yeah. are just going to own the restricted area, it's okay that your outside shooting kind of ebbs and flows. Right. I mean, like, even even the uh, the Bucks thing, right, where it's, like, let Giannis, like, destroy people in the paint and, like, that's – and, like, otherwise shoot threes, but that's the offense. Yeah. I mean, it's – and, like, you know, I just feel like sometimes, at least in Warrior Land, everyone gets ahead of themselves, like, ah, that's why they lose in the playoffs. And it's, like, you know, you should probably be more concerned with that when you get to 60 wins in the playoffs than – being concerned about it right now and you have a roster in flux and it's unclear if anyone outside of Steph Curry is going to be a reliable three-point shooter. Although, you know, maybe, maybe Andrew Wiggins figured out the step back and he's going to be James Harden now. Who knows? Maybe. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) All right, man. Well, we should, uh, we appreciate you coming on and um, yeah, definitely check out uh, your podcast. Check out the Pistons versus the World podcast. And God, I messed that up tonight. Yeah. Pistons versus everybody. The Detroit versus everybody branding plus the Pistons. You, you know how it is. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate your time.